Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Joe and Joe Weather Show on this Sunday. Yes, Sunday, November the 8th. And the Joe and Joe Weather Show is brought to you by Omni True Value Hardware. They're getting ready for the upcoming winter storm season, and they're wondering whether you're ready for it. Uh, shovels, spreaders, snowblowers, whatever you need. They're Long Island's largest rock salt provider. And they will provide you with all, everything you need to get through any winter storms uh, uh, this coming winter season. 1226 North Wellwood Avenue in West Babylon, New York. And the telephone number is 631-756-1125. Best prices in town, omnitruevalue.com. Uh, and uh, Joe, uh, it is... Far from anything winter-like here in the east, we've got record highs. Beautiful weather, by the way. I mean, just absolutely gorgeous. And we also have uh, a tropical storm that is bringing gales and heavy rain to South Florida. So, uh, I don't know, we kind of still seem like we're in the end of September than, the, than the, the middle part of November, almost middle November. It is now 11.01 and the temperature here in Putnam Valley is 70 degrees on this, the eighth day of November, Joe. And yesterday we hit 76. We shattered the record at the Westchester County Airport. That record was a cheapy record. There were only 67 degrees. Uh, County Airport got up to 72. Low-hanging uh, fruit, were, in other words. There were a number of records that were set yesterday, as you just pointed out. The only two places that didn't tie or break a record was New York City. They only got to 74. The record was, I believe, 78. And Newark, New Jersey, the record was 78. They got to 77. Both of those records went all the way back to 1938. And if I can throw a little bit of hope to some of you who are watching who are winter weather lovers, as warm as it was on this day, in uh, yesterday, in 1938, and uh, October was a fairly warm month in 1938 as well, Thanksgiving Day, 1938, in New York, four inches of snow. So it can turn on a dime and who knows, maybe they need an awfully big weather pattern change and get rid of that trough in the West for that to happen. But yeah, you know, it, uh, we'll see. We, it is Thanksgiving still is a ways away yet. So there's all time, all, all sorts of uh, time for so, all sorts of radical things to, to happen uh, weather wise down the road. In the meantime, uh, Ada uh, is uh, over Cuba and, and moving on to the, into the Florida Straits, it's kind of a, a distorted tropical system because uh, it is in being impacted by an upper low in the Gulf, so it has this kind of tilted look to it. There's very little going on on the south side of it, so it's all on the north side. Uh, but because it's all on the north side, that means that we're talking about a lot of rain for South Florida. It could be on the order of, uh, I think it could wind up being on the order of one to two feet, depending on, uh, what happens here with this system because it's going to turn probably westward and then who knows what's going to go on in the Gulf of Mexico. Does it slow down? It, it, it might be around Joe all week long. It might. And uh, the discussion, the, you know, it's kind of funny, Joe, now that we're back on standard time and it isn't too often that we have still active tropical cyclone conditions this late in the season. But now that we're back on standard time, I'm looking to see whether or not the 11 o'clock advisory has come in. And, it, and it's and a 10 o'clock. You have to. 10 o'clock. Yeah. You have to remind yourself. I have to tell you, I kind of like, I, I really do like getting it an hour. I, I think because of how folks don't realize that the map timings in terms of when we get models right. are kind of out of sync 
with the timing of when we use when when most forecasts when the weather service puts out of their for, puts out their forecast so uh, we have an advantage here on TV so that when we're doing live streams we can do them when the we're not tied to a schedule so when we're on standard time we get all our models early enough uh, we uh, actually have the new GFS rolling right now as the show is on so we could take a look at that and uh, the, the timing of the advisories means that we've got all the information that the the big boys are thinking about before we start the show so it really it's easier for us and then what they're talking about with ADA is that um, there's an area of mid-level dry air that may become involved with the system and may preclude rapid intensification. But they also said that if that dry air at mid-levels does not get involved as quickly as it might, that the storm may rev up to uh, Category 1 hurricane conditions faster. And that is why, uh, just to be on the safe side, portions of uh, West Florida are now under uh, hurricane uh, warning conditions for that possibility. Let me just remind everybody, uh, Joe Rayo is monitoring the chat board. Uh, so if you've got any questions or comments, please put them on there. Joe will be uh, looking through. And if uh, those of you who might be watching from, from Florida, uh, we'll uh, address your questions first. And also a reminder to everybody that tomorrow night on the Joe and Joe Weather Show, which starts at 7.30, we are going to have as a guest, Larry Co uh, meteorologist Larry Cosgrove, uh, who uh, many of you weather folks know uh, and uh, read his uh, work. He will be talking long range. He's promised me he's got all sorts of graphics, Joe. So um, hopefully um, I can technically pull this off uh, with uh, giving him control of Zoom. We shall see. But in the meantime, remember, folks, that's tomorrow night. We're going to be, Joe and I are going to be doing our weather on the front end, and then Larry will join us as we go um, through the program. So let's, uh, let's start with Ada. And we've got tropical storm warnings up. We also have hurricane warnings up, by the way, for the Florida Keys from the dry Tortugas to, to uh, uh, Key West. But the tropical storm warnings up for a lot of coastline here on both coasts. It's not often that you see both the west and the east coast under tropical storm warnings at the same time. But if there's one place it's going to happen, it's, it's in Florida, depending on you know, how a storm is tracking and when it's coming in from the east. Uh, you are going to see it uh, running uh, up and down both shorelines. Uh, my uh, my my friend Joe uh, Phil Buzz, who's uh, in uh, Florida right now on the East Coast near Fort Pierce, sent me some some shots from the jetty. And I have to tell you, the ocean looked really roughed up. The water was crashing over the jetty. There's probably some coastal flooding that's going to go on at some high tides there, because you know that easterly fetch has been goes out for almost 2,000 miles out into the Atlantic, that water's piling on there, so there will be some issues regarding coastal flooding at high tide on the east coast. Meanwhile, on the west coast, the wind is blowing offshore, so that's actually helping to blow the water out, so there's no issue there, at least not yet. Uh, but I, I, I think the big deal here, everybody that's under this tropical storm warning uh, is also under flash flood warnings, and, and I think really the big deal here is going to be the rain. Well, I... Uh... To have a friend, Joe, on the east coast of Florida, my friend Sam Storch, he's in uh, Boynton Beach, and he uh, will, uh, you know, collaborate everything that you have just said. Uh, he said that the waters are very rough along the uh, along the shorelines. He is also pointing out or pointed out to me yesterday that uh, he was in his car. He had just gotten uh, or coming back from doing some shopping. He said everything is gone. Uh, the, uh, the the milk is gone. The bread is gone. 
the toilet paper is gone. Everybody is everybody has gone into a frenzy, uh, at least in the Boynton Beach area, in terms of gathering whatever supplies they can get. And uh, he said, ah, it's going to look like it's going to be another heavy rainstorm. And Sam has been down there now for about 10 years. I said, well, you should be used to this by now. He says, and he's just like, ah, yes, I am. And so if that, if you're, if you're Floridian or if you are contemplating, you know, leaving this area and moving down to Florida, this is just something that I guess you're going to have to put up with from time to time. Uh, and it does. Well, the payback is you get long stretches of great weather in Florida it too. Is. It is. Especially and in the winter, you know, the winter and spring months, early spring, usually, uh, you know, they usually got great weather through most of that time. So. And I told you before we went on the air that I had a dream last night uh, up where I live. I had a dream that we had a, a heavy duty a storm that dropped like 20 inches of rain in my neighborhood. And my, my wife and my kids were, were, were out and I'm like standing there at the end of the driveway, hip deep in water and was saying to myself, I wonder if they'll be able to make it back. Um, yeah, uh, Chris B asks, uh, he, I'm in Tampa for the Tampa area NHC shows it may be off this area Friday, but, uh, weekend to a tropical storm weekend to a tropical storm. Uh, I, I think there's a lot of, we're, Chris, we're going to, I'm going to go, we're going to get into the, the, the forecast angle of it and how this is all going to play. Uh, I, I think there's still a lot of options as to how this is going to, going to play out overall. And I wish I could give you a definitive answer here about where it's going to be a week from now, but it's very tough. And just bear with me because we'll, we'll I'll get I'll get to it momentarily. Uh, the rainfall amounts are going to be, uh, as I said, uh, some big amounts in some places. Uh, the Hurricane Center uh, and the Weather Service in Miami, basically from West Palm Beach southward down to the entrance of the Keys, uh, looks like seven to ten inches of rain there. Uh, Five-inch rain amounts uh, pushing up to Port St. Lucie on the east coast and uh, just probably uh, just north of Fort Myers on the west coast. And uh, then, of course, you've got lesser amounts as you go further to the north, uh, two, one to two inches. You know, if you draw a line, I guess, over, I suppose that's I-4 uh, that goes, uh, well, I don't, I, I better I better not speak it because I'm not, sh I'm not 100% sure here, but whatever the main interstate that goes through Orlando going from the East coast to the West coast, uh, toward uh, Tampa, St. Pete, looks like the rain, that might be the border of where, you know, you get one inch of rain. And of course this is going to change as we go through the week. This is only, uh, the forecast uh, goes to Wednesday morning. And there's a lot of uncertainty in terms of the, uh, the long range track WPC, the weather prediction folks kind of line up along this, uh, same idea. And you can see where the five inch, you know, that brownish orange area borders like the, that's the five inch line for the most part. And you've got several inches pushing up a little bit further to the north. Also, notice big rains from north from South Carolina to southern New Jersey of two to three inches. And uh, the one inch line pushes up into southern New England uh, for uh, what could be rain here at the end of this week. I'm sorry, uh, the middle of this week for Wednesday. And uh, maybe again, coming going into next weekend, we might have another round with another weather system that's coming in. Also, we uh, don't want to neglect the fact that we do have uh, some snow going on in the northwest, uh, up in uh, from Montana into parts of Idaho, and the WPC loaded with moisture here for the next seven days. Uh, so uh, we, we're going, Joe. We've gone from being bone dry from coast to coast to uh, very busy from coast to coast in terms of precipitation. And um, 
the thing about, uh, I think a lot of people have been hearing, Joe, is that the wet weather we're going to be seeing from late Wednesday into Thursday could have uh, an, uh, an affiliation or it could be associated with ADA. But now looking at where the Hurricane Center has ADA on Friday, down still over the uh, near the panhandle of Florida on their latest uh, frog, that doesn't seem to be quite the case. Uh, looks like it's gonna be more a function of the approaching front coming in from the West that'll be uh, dousing us. And then maybe, you know, depending upon where ADA goes after Friday, some of the moisture might actually end up being a part of our weather, but it may not be until, as you alluded to, maybe the start of the next weekend. Yeah, there is some tropical moisture that's, that if you look, we'll, we'll go to the satellite here. Uh, actually, before we do that, just want to show you some of the observations uh, as of uh, 11 a.m. And uh, in Florida, getting some coastal wind gusts of 30 to 40 miles an hour. Fort Lauderdale was gusting to 40. We're seeing uh, gusts uh, uh, to 28 at Miami International Airport. Uh, a few uh, gusts into the low 30s. So we're not really going crazy here as far as the wind is concerned uh, on the uh, East Coast. There's your Fort Lauderdale gust to 30. Freeport in the Bahamas gusting to 31, 31 in Nassau. Uh, on the West Coast, the winds are all northeast, so it gusts up to 20 or 25. Again, nothing extraordinary there. Uh, but uh, we'll probably, again, I, I, I don't think wind is the, except on the, uh, on the East Coast where wind is an issue uh, with regards to the fact that you've got this piling of of water that's coming in uh, on the easterly fetch that's been there for days and days now. Uh, but uh, it's not like we're waiting for something that's going to produce uh, 75, 85, 95 mile an hour gusts. I don't think we're going to see uh, anything quite like that. But let's jump to the U.S. satellite. Uh, Joe, the, the tropical moisture feed here comes from all the way down from Panama, basically, up through the Caribbean. And I think what's going to happen is you're going to have separation here, the northern stream of moisture that's probably going to push up and get involved with the next cold front to an extent. Uh, and that accounts, I think, for the fact that we could wind up with about a, you know, a, a decent widespread rainfall here for, for Wednesday with that front. I don't think it's going to be anything crazy. I don't think it's going to be anything that's going to cause any serious issues. Uh, but we do have this tropical, you know, there's a lot of tropical moisture here. This thing is loaded. Uh, and, and, and the alleyway, I think, is open for that moisture, some of that moisture to break away. The northern part of this breaks away and kind of pushes its way northward up the east coast. And meanwhile, by also looking at this satellite, there ain't a cloud anywhere here. We're bone dry, beautiful blue skies and sun. It's, it, it is. It's fantastic. Now, the just looking ahead, Joe, to uh, uh, as you were talking about the moisture, uh, it looks like we're going to see uh, some wet weather arrive here by later on Wednesday, continue into Wednesday night, carry over into the first part of Thursday. But then looking at the GFS, how I'm so happy we have the GFS now to look at uh, an hour earlier as opposed to uh, when we were on daylight time. But it looks like now high pressure, based upon what the GFS is indicating, will push in, push all that moisture out. They have ADA or the remnants thereof uh, still in the Gulf of Mexico by Saturday night edging its way toward the Louisiana coast, and then possibly uh, uh, due to uh, the jet stream, picking up moisture and looks like shooting it like an arrow, uh, a rather narrow, but also a rather uh, significant area. Uh, looks like maybe in excess of uh, possibly an inch crossing through the Tennessee Valley and aimed toward us, but not reaching our area 
until maybe a week from now on Sunday. So I'm going to be, if you want to, if you want to take the GFS's face value, yes, it is going to get wet here later Wednesday into Thursday, but then it dries out. We get a bit of a break. Nice weather returns for Friday. Saturday looks very nice. And then based upon where uh, Ada eventually ends up and where that moisture, uh, whether or not it gets picked up by the jet stream and gets fired north and east in our direction, may lead to a, a wetter day, uh, a more unsettled day for the second half of next weekend on Sunday. And I would just, I would just put a little footnote there that this forecast is subject to change without notice. Mm -hmm. uh, given given um, the, the volatility that we've seen uh, and the fact that we still have this situation in the Gulf where you know, it's it's kind of a dead flow zone that that, that we're looking at. Uh, here's a close-up of uh, Ada, single shot, and just want to point out that when you look at this, sometimes it can be really deceiving. I'll, I'll switch back to the loop for a moment. So if you look at the loop, it, there's a natural tendency to want to put the low center inside or in the middle of where all of this this blob of convection is. Uh, in other words, you, you know, look at this, and I think there's a natural tendency to want to put the center somewhere in here. I just, I just kind of colored in a dot. But when you look at what's happening in terms of the observations and everything else, uh, and uh, the actual center is uh, not in where that core convection is. It's, it's, it's now coming off the north coast of Cuba. It's right about here. So when you look south and southwest, into on the Caribbean side off the, the Cuba south coast, there's very little going on. Now, the implication here is that we have a, a bit of a tilted hybrid system. It's not truly tropical. It's uh, the dis distribution of weather uh, is not equal. Uh, but the problem for Florida is that, you know, if you're going to take a storm that makes a, a, a turn to the left and tracks, say, near or just south of the Keys, uh, this whole area up to the north gets into all the rain. Uh, this moisture feed is coming right out of the Caribbean and goes up into Florida, into, this, into the central and southern part of the state especially. Uh, but again, south of there, there's not a whole lot happening. If you had a, maybe a more symmetrical system uh, that, that was uh, moving along, you uh, might have, um, a, a you certainly would have a different outcome in terms of weather depending on where you are. The upside, though, Joe, is as long as the system may, remains and has this sort of tilted look to it, uh, it's uh, it's going to prevent this. There's enough going on in the upper air in terms of wind shear that it should prevent this from getting much beyond a, a, a high-end tropical storm. Maybe you push it to a Category 1 hurricane, if, as you said, if the dry air, and, and the dry air, by the way, is uh, fairly evident here. Let me just clean this this up a bit. And um, uh, hang on, folks. There we go. Uh, the dry air is up in the northern Gulf of Mexico. So the circulation is, and remember, you got all this dry air in the, further up onto the U.S. mainland. So, yeah, if the dry air doesn't get entrained like the Hurricane Center, maybe you have a shot of getting this to a minimal hurricane. But that's a big if, and we'll see. We'll have to watch what happens over the next 24 hours. But right. um, I, you know, I don't see this getting much beyond a minimal hurricane, and this is not going to. This is ne never going to get back to what it was when it was approaching uh, Nicaragua. Well, you know, I say that, but it's too that late it. to get it to a Cat Four. I think it's too late well, to get no. it to. Yeah, it's not. That's not happening. It's not going to happen. That's going to get back to a Cat Four, but. Uh, uh, still a lot of uncertainty and trying to forecast the uh, 
the intensity of these things. And uh, the interesting thing that I find is that when you look at the uh, latest National Hurricane Center track for this storm, it seems almost. All right, let me bring that, that up. Hang on, hang on. There's the. I got it up on the screen. So go ahead. I'm sorry. It, it seems almost certain that if one way, shape, or form, it's going to uh, reach uh, Florida or affect Florida directly. And uh, yet, when you look at the latest run that's coming out right now on the GFS, uh, the GFS is saying, uh, no, we don't think so. It's going to kind of uh, loop the loop and eventually curve more to the northwest. And actually, if it makes landfall, it might actually make landfall in Louisiana. I mean, that's, but that's just. Yeah, one but that's one. That, how, we've been taking all over the place from run to run. I, I really. I, 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 I'm hesitant to go much beyond 48 to 72 hours in a, in, in a, in a pattern like in an upper air setup like this because of the fact that you're in a, you know, what I would describe as a no flow zone. The Hurricane Center's forecast does strengthen it to a hurricane approaching the Florida Keys. You can see that really sharp left turn that it's going to make uh, suppose this afternoon into this evening. And then into the Gulf, and then it makes a, a sharper, another sharp turn, this time to the right and turns north and northeast again. That The one thing I would say, Joe, against the GFS is that climatology this time of year would suggest that this thing t should turn northward and northeastward and not go west or even southwest or south, which is uh, what some of the models are doing. Uh, so I, I would, that's why I'm, I'm being really hesitant to just kind of jump on any kind of, you know, one specific model. And I, by the way, I have the hurricane tracking models here. Uh, if you want to use the um, best, those models are, are actually, forget, leave the, the, some of them have some very strange tracks. So let's leave those out. But the vast majority of them have, have this thing clustered and turning to the northeast and heading toward Tampa and points north later this week. I mean, it takes five days, though, to do this full turn. And the other question is, well, what are you going to have at that point? I mean, there, there's, are you going to have a tropical storm? Are you going to have a minimal hurricane? Are you going to have something that's going to be weakening? I don't know. I, 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 I'm, I'm lost as to figure out uh, how this is going to look in the longer term. Trevor McKelvey on our chat board says, um, uh, Joe B., uh, we all know who Joe B. is, says that, well, I, I mean, it, Trevor mentions the full name, but we'll just say here for uh, simplicity's sake, Joe B says that it could be a major uh, hurricane. HWRF showed that this morning. HWRF model shows it for every storm. It makes every storm a major hurricane. And for those of you who are wondering, HWRF is for the, uh, the model hurricane weather research and forecasting model. And Joe is absolutely right. You can I'll bring it up. I mean, we'll show everybody. You know, I, I, everyone's entitled to you know look at stuff and have their opinion. I'm not saying that, and I don't want to dis discount what anybody says. Um, but I don't know the eight for to me the uh, H the HWRF is not. You know, it, it strengthens everything, and to ta it takes tropical waves and makes the major hurricane. So I don't know <laughs> what I don't know why it does that. Um, I'm, I'm I'm pulling up the new one now. So just give me give it a moment to load. Uh, let's see what track it has uh, over the keys. Uh, drops it actually kind of southwestward, deepens it to a 74, turns it northwest and north. Now we've got a 65, 962. Yeah, I mean the HWRF takes it down into the nine, you know, high nine, low nine sixties. 
958, I think that is, or 968 at landfall, somewhere north of Tampa, uh, along about Thursday. I don't have too much issue with the track here in terms of what this model is doing, but I don't know. I, I don't know about the strength. I'm not. I'm not a. I don't know. Um, does it have a 500 we could look at? Yeah, it does. So let's look at what's going on. Actually, it has uh, the the wind shear. I'm going to start with that first. All right. So one of the big issues with this at the moment is that it does have wind shear that it's dealing with. And if we look at the uh, map from this morning, uh, all across Florida, you see these, you know, some of this is induced by the storm itself. Some of these stronger winds aloft. You do have a rather uh, deep trough, as I'm seeing it here. Hang, just a second, Joe. This is a 200. Now, we're looking at at um, like roughly 25, 30,000 feet. So we're going way up into the atmosphere. There's a trough. Oh, boy. Pen issues. Right there that runs from Georgia down uh, into the Northwest Caribbean. And you're seeing strong Southwest winds from the Florida Straits up through Florida. So this low, the low center that represents Ada is kind of having to deal with this. But uh, to counteract that shear, and this is why it looks the way it does, more, uh, you know, again, more of a hybrid look, uh, is the fact that you do have an upper low that's in the uh, mid-levels in the Northwest Gulf that is giving it a little bit of what we would call baroclinic juice. Now, over time, now, interestingly enough, Joe, I'm just kind of looking at this, the shear across the Gulf of Mexico does relax quite a bit uh, go, uh, for this during the week as the storm is in there. So I guess you can argue that if it could get into that kind of environment where the shear is less, maybe, uh, and, and, the, and the Gulf water is still kind of warm in the middle of the Gulf. It's cool near the shelf water, but when you go further out, it is warmer. Uh, that's probably, that's an argument to say that, yeah, this could wind up strengthening to something beyond a Category 1 once it gets out there. But I, again, I'm, I'm very cautious on, on, that, on that possibility. We'll just have to wait and see. Uh, you know, the, the lack of any kind of significant or substantial upper uh, flow uh, certainly contributes to the uncertainty. And as I just mentioned, if you are looking at the latest operational GFS, uh, the 12Z model, uh, the storm actually is taken not even near Florida. It eventually, after spinning around and doing some cartwheels or whatever, eventually by the middle of next weekend, somehow ends up closer to the uh, Louisiana coastline. And isn't that which appropriate? Would, which I mean, would make sense. Open... I mean, that the, the old storms go to old Louisiana this season, so why wouldn't it go there? Yeah, why wouldn't it go there? Uh, here's the another look at this in terms of the upper air. I, I, I mentioned that you have this, this trough that's running from the northwest gulf uh, southeastward uh, toward uh, Cuba at the mid-levels. And, of course, right in this area where you see all those brown spots, that's where Ada is. So you're getting this sort of baroclinic uh, juice, some strengthening uh, some forcing that is uh, creating uh, this system uh, to is allowing the system to deepen. Because if you look at the upper air wind shear pattern, uh, if it weren't for that, you probably would see this thing getting really distorted and it would more than likely fall apart. But uh, what happens now as we go through time is that upper low, and that's happening right now, virtually disappears. 
uh, in the Gulf. So uh, that that's that's one one uh, checkbox into the idea that this thing could wind up strengthening as as it approaches the Florida Keys. Uh, the other thing to look at, again, in terms of the no-flow. So here I have the GFS for tonight at, at the 500 millibar level. You know, there's an upper high that is off the uh, um, the Carolina coast. There we go. There's an upper high there. There's an upper high sitting uh, in uh, Mexico. And, of course, eight is kind of stuck here in the middle. If you go up in Texas and through uh, to Missouri, that's where you see the beginnings of your southwest flow. So th that's your no-flow zone. Uh, all, all of um, uh, that whole area from uh, the Bahamas to the central Gulf of Mexico, there's very little upper air wind push. Now, as you roll along, eventually, Joe, as we get into Tuesday, the ridges do start to weaken, and you start to see this... Uh, the southwest flow in the U.S. get very, very close. Uh, the models finally picks it up and takes it over North Florida on the, this is on the HWRF, by the way, not the GFS, um, uh, and then takes it over Florida and then is, it's off the Georgia coast by Friday morning. So uh, that's this model's viewpoint. I, I think both, all the mo both models have the same idea in terms of the upper air. They just might have different conclusions as to where they want to take the low. Yeah, well, we'll we'll see over the coming days. But I, I know all of you who've been watching over recent days, you've, you've heard me say that almost every time we've been on the air and talking about this thing. But what more can you say? It's just as confusing uh, now as it was three or four days ago. And uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Well, exactly. Now, I'm, I'm bringing up the GFS now, so just give me a moment here. Uh, Last I looked, we were out to like 162 hours. So I think we're probably even more so. Now. Okay, so I'm just going to bring the full U.S. Why do I? Oh, here we go. It's loading. Okay. <clears throat> and let me make sure I got the one that actually shows rain and frozen and not just rain. And here we go. So um, on the new GFS, as Joe alluded to, and by the way, for you snow lovers, you can look up on the upper left and you can watch all the snow in Montana that is going on. Uh, and uh, that low moves towards Lake Winnipeg by Monday morning. There's um, Ada uh, moving west and west-southwest. Actually, almost gets to the mouth, Joe, of, the, of Cuba and, and the Yucatan Peninsula, that little, mm -hmm. uh, the, the, uh, the little opening in between. And then it's just kind of sort of meanders north and then goes west. And then and it loses it. It really just sort of loses it over time. And then, of course, you see how what's happening here. Uh, the, um, the moisture, this is this evening where there's this big arc of heavy rain in South Florida. The northern part of that separates and heads up into Georgia and South Carolina. It gets hooked up with that front. And we get that frontal passage here Wednesday night. So I think we're going to be – my only issue, again – uh, to, to me, to, tomorrow is a wash, rinse, repeat of today in the northeast and northern mid-Atlantic states. Tuesday, I just want to be a little careful with the, uh, the, the, the wind off the water, you know, the, the, the lower level layers and, and whatever, the marine layer and how far, uh, how shallow it is or isn't. And then we've got this rain on Wednesday. And then, of course, here comes another front and low that runs up uh, to uh, northwest Ohio, and that brings up some 
some more of the remnant moisture from Ada up the East Coast so that we get into some heavy rains on Sunday. And as you said, Joe, that means Friday, and, uh, uh, late Thursday, Friday, and into Saturday look pretty good around here. Yeah, it's nice at least to have part of a nice weekend in November. And uh, my goodness, it, it doesn't even feel like November. It feels more like uh, either mid-September or better yet, mid-May. I, I spent part of my day yesterday uh, doing some mulching, but also spent part of the day just watching the birds at my uh, bird feeder uh, happily munching away and probably saying to themselves, boy, this, this isn't, this isn't uh, the way it should be at this time of the year. It really is, it really is great. So get out and do whatever you can and uh, enjoy it because as Joe just mentioned, we are going to have some changes later in the week and into the weekend, especially in terms of temperature, Joe. Yes. Now, since you brought up Thanksgiving earlier, not that we're quite there yet on the long range, um, and talking about 1938, what was it, 1938, with how warm I, it was, right? 1938, 1938, we had four inches of snow at Central Park on Thanksgiving. Right, after a, a a run of warmer weather in the first part of the month. So that would require a breakdown of this evil, evil pattern that we have uh, for snow lovers with a ridge in the east and a trough in the west. And just I'm running through the prior run because that's that at least we have the whole entire run of. And you'll notice that the trough is still out in the west through much of this week. And, you know, while pieces eventually come out and run up into eastern Canada, it's only temporarily flattens the ridge off the east coast and then it tries to pop up again uh, late next weekend early next week but uh, late next weekend but then it gives way to a stronger trough uh, that swings out of the west uh, finally uh, by the time we get to around the 17th we actually have some troughing in um, uh, in the east and off the west coast but guess what that lifts out and another ridge builds and your trough is still out in the west right through the long-range period. And, in fact, there's another tropical system that develops in the Caribbean and moves straight northward. And we are now at Tuesday, November 24th, Mr. Rayo. Two so, days before. Right, two days before uh, on this uh, model run. And, of course, uh, it goes without saying, folks, that when we're looking at stuff this long-range, it's with a huge grain of salt, um, uh, but just for laughs, only because Joe mentioned about having a, a, a hurricane on Thanksgiving Day. Yeah. As, as a joke. <laughs> uh, it's a 2020 joke, just to be clear. Um, so, Joe, you've got your category. I got my Category 5 snowstorm produced by the GFS last week. Um, you have, on, uh, the on the 384 hour of last night, what looks like a stalled cold front along the East Coast, uh, down into the bottom of a tropical storm over Cuba, getting ready to move over Cuba and moving northward. So let's see. Let's see if we get a run, one run in the next five days that produces a hurricane up the East Coast for Thanksgiving Day. Boy, wouldn't that be something? No, we're not. But we're not forecasting that, people. We're just kind of doing this, you know, little tongue-in-cheek here, okay? So yeah. please bear that in mind. Yes, uh, but yes. <laughs> again, the overall the the uh, the overall uh, thing to remember out of all of this is the fact that the pattern that we're in, it appears like we're going to be stuck in it uh, for uh, for a while. Uh, so uh, if you're looking for colder weather to move into the east and maybe some uh, early winter snowfall, it ain't coming anytime soon. Let's just put it that way. And both uh, myself and also uh, the chairman, Mr. Briller, uh, we both took note that on Friday, the three to four week 
uh, experimental frog from the Climate Prediction Center has our area in above normal temperatures right straight through the 4th of December, above normal temperatures. Uh, and, and the area or the region with the highest probabilities on that three to four uh, week frog is not here, but over in the nation's midsection. So if you want to believe this, this, this pattern, as you just said, Joe, may be thoroughly uh, ingrained. This pattern may remain with us for quite some time to come with uh, no sign of any unseasonably cold weather. Yesterday, somebody mentioned to me that it was the eighth anniversary of the day after election day snowstorm of 2012, where we had, depending upon where you live, three to five or three to six inches of snow. And uh, coming our way next Sunday, a week from today, is the snowstorm of two years ago, the unexpected snowstorm. Uh, well, it was expected. Uh, the, the numbers or the uh, amounts were a bit higher than had been forecast, uh, but that was one that caused people to be late, you know, getting home from work for like four or five hours because right. the, the, the DOT and or municipalities didn't treat the roads in advance and caused mayhem on the roadways. But it just goes to show you how things can change. Here we are in the midst of what basically is a November heat wave, and yet we could look back two years and eight years ago and see a wintry type of weather pattern in, uh, prevailing over yeah, you know, our part it, run, of the it runs back and forth. Some yep. you know, you get it happens on some years. Some years you go in the opposite direction. Uh, to keep the snow lovers happy and in the interest of equal time, we also would like to point out that, yes, it is uh, wintry in the West. You've got blizzard warnings up for a good portion of Montana, northern Montana, and a large part of the state is, is under a winter storm warning. So you, you're, you're, you're talking about some pretty hefty snows in this area. Winter storm watches are uh, covering uh, parts of uh, California and also winter storm warnings as well, particularly in the Sierra Nevadas, a lot of uh, Nevada, Northern Arizona, Utah, under travelers, uh, under travelers advisories, winter weather advisories. And uh, we also are seeing a few winter weather advisories and a few winter storm mornings scattered around in Colorado. Uh, also uh, in Alaska, we're seeing in the Southern half of Alaska, uh, a fairly large area of uh, winter storm mornings and winter weather advisories there. So uh, again, if, if, when, when it's, really warm in the eastern part of the United States. It means it's not the, it's the exact opposite in the West. So they're getting an early winter start underway here in the western part of the U.S. And uh, also note high wind warnings and wind advisories throughout much of the plains because of all the storminess that's coming out uh, of the western part of the U.S. The uh, snow probabilities here, I just brought up the, the uh, probability of greater than four inches and the uh, highest probabilities on the range of 80% or higher uh, running up uh, through much of northern Montana where you see uh, the blizzard warning. Let me see how, how far they go. I'll put the probability up to 12. Let's, uh, let's see what we come up with. Actually, uh, right up near the Canadian border, Joe, they got uh, a probability of it... Uh, over 70 percent uh, in the northernmost Montana of at least a, a foot. And going back to the four, I uh, just want to take a look at what they're showing in California. Most of that is in the Sierra Nevada. So uh, uh, you're seeing also some patchy areas where the probabilities of at least four are high in parts of eastern Nevada, Utah, western Colorado, northern uh, Arizona. So the, so the west is uh, where uh, all the uh, all the action is with respect to snow and that's where it's going to stay. So, uh, so there. 
It's a beautiful country out there. It was out there many, many years ago, Montana, big sky country. Love to get back out there again. Not necessarily uh, during the winter season. Although or Nora, you don't want to be there at a time when there's a 75 degree temperature change in one hour. That's true. The Chinook. You don't want to in, in either direction. All right, I so was let, there, actually. It was not a 75-degree change. I, I landed in Montana on a Friday afternoon. It was 15 below zero. Come the following Monday, the temperatures were in the low 40s. And, nice. Uh, that must have felt like you wanted to take your shirt off and go with short sleeves. It is. You, you get know, used to it pretty quick. I remember, was, you know, when I went up in New Hampshire back a few years ago on President's Day weekend where it was 15 below with wind chills almost to minus 40, and then... A couple of days later, on the day we left, the temperature actually was uh, had gone till I think had, had risen in the morning. It was I don't know maybe about ten above, and you, it felt you know good. what? You get used to it. I I was um, I was I was actually comfortable. <laughs> Believe it or not, I was actually comfortable. We are very we are a very adaptable creature. Tim Veltman, a shout out to you. He says on the chat board, Joe, the last time we had this much tropical activity. We had a major severe weather event in mid-February of 2006 upstate here. Uh, Tim lives in the Albany area. Winds gusted to over 90 miles an hour in the line of thunderstorms. He said he sent you some links on that, Joe, but I remember February of 2006 as it was, it was a rather balmy winter here in the New York metropolitan area, and we had only one, count them, one major significant storm, but that storm I think dropped something like 25 inches of snow in New York City uh, yeah. in, in 2006. Um, we also had a few storms flanking that in December and in March uh, and January on the other side that brought the total up to like 30. You look at it and you say, well, it was an above normal year for snow. No, not necessarily, because if it weren't for that one big blast in mid-February, right. we would have had only about 10 or 11 inches in New York for, for the entire Winter but season. usually around here, you're above winter snows come with, you know, you know at least one big one. You That's why I asked the question on on Friday. I said, what do you prefer, a, a winter where we have, you know, dribs and drabs, a little here, a few inches there, whatever like that, through the whole winter? Or would you prefer a mild winter, but with one big blast like we had in 2006, where we got dumped on uh, all at once with like 20 plus inches of snow? So, And you, you, you heard my answer. Yes. Uh, with respect to that. So I'm just trying to, I had, I had Briller Jeopardy up here. So let's um, hang on. All right. So here we go. So the category today is James Bond. And I have to tell you, I have no, I, I've seen very few James Bond movies. I, I think I saw Live and Let Die and maybe a, a couple of others, but I'm not, you know, these answers are all going to be beyond my, my scope. Let's put it that way. Uh, but name the seven Sean Connery Bond films. I could not even begin. I have no idea. What is it? No Gold, idea. Goldfinger. Goldfinger. Um, who knows? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I. That's it, really. I, I'm not. I was. I'm just like you, Odd. Which was the one with Odd Job? Uh, you know, the guy with the metal. Oh yeah, I don't know. I, I really don't know. Like I said, I think the only one I actually saw was Live and Let Die. Yeah. Name the seven men who played uh, James Bond. Of course, obviously Sean Conner, Connery, Roger Moore. Roger Moore. Um, um, what's his name? Um, yeah, what's his name? You know, uh, he was in Mrs. Doubtfire. 
He played um he, Robin he, Williams? No, not Robin Williams. He played <laughs> he played Sally Fields' love interest. Yes, yeah, I remember. And I then remember. he they had a uh, Rem, he had the, the television show Remington Steel. And he played James Bond? No, 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 he, he I think he I think he played James Bond like for one movie. You know, I could cheat here and just go on Google and say, <laughs> No, no, no. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of trying. But that's that's the only ones that I, I I the only reason why I even know about that is 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 uh, uh, that I might that I might be right on that is that they were um, when they were replacing Sean Connery they were kind of going through the list of who the winners were going to be and then there's another British actor that I think played James Bond that I have no idea you know who the name I is. I think I just remembered something which I did and I did, there's a reason why I and and I just remember I got a slap in the face from. <laughs> Joe, you just touched this whole subject's touched upon something that goes back so many years. Who slapped you? <laughs> I remember when the first one of the first James Bonds came out back in the early 60s, they made a big deal about uh Sean Connery and Ursula Andress. Oh, right, yes. Um, and we had a, and at Holy Rosary School, we she had, had a, a oh, she was a, oh, god, that's a Holy Rosary question. Uh, a we, Holy we, had a, we had a nun named Sister Ursula, and I remember telling Sister All right, Ursula. Oh, right, because it's Ursula Andrews. I said, Sister Ursula, I said, there's somebody in names Bond named after you. <laughs> Ursula. And I'm like, man. Did you, did you, did you, um, did you get Ursula, uh, did you accidentally say Ursula undress? <laughs> <laughs> I was too young, Joe. I really did not get the, I did not understand the reason why she was getting such attention back in the days when you and I were in, uh, oh, in yeah. school. So See, now I know why, but back then, you know, I was just an innocent, you know, it was, she, she got, she was getting attention, Joe, because of all her charitable work. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good Lord. Um, all right. What are the three <laughs> high, the three highest grossing bond films adjusted for inflation? Well, I would say what? I'd say, uh, I still can't even come up with Goldfinger, and I, those are the only two names that I can remember. Right, right. Um, and I remember there was a big hit song in the in the mid or late seventies. Um, I forget who. And I, I well, Paul McCartney sang "Live and Let Die." Yeah, yeah. You know, I I don't know. I'm sorry. Sorry, uh, Scott. And you know what it is? It's it's like you and I, Joe, on this subject, just like that time on Jeopardy where they had a uh, a category on football. And Some of the yeah, easiest nobody football knew. Yeah. And nobody <laughs> five questions, oh for five. They all looked at each other like, "What?" I don't well, know. we'll 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 just turn this into an informative type of thing, in case you know, in case folks didn't know this. The last question was, according to Rotten Tomatoes, what is the highest rated James Bond movie? So now I will go see where the answers are. So. Um, you know, and I'm just kind of thinking here too. I sort of figured when he was looking at the answers, some of the movies would start that the names of those movies will start to pop it in my head. And one just did to say, Dr. No, Diamonds Are Forever, Goldfinger, From Russia with Love, Thunderball, You Only Live Twice, Never Say Never Again. Okay. All right. So now who, who plays James Bond? Um, Sean Connery, Roger Moore, Daniel Craig, David Niven played James Bond. Oh, uh, get at me. Apparently. Uh, George Lazenby, who I have no idea. Right. Uh, Timothy Dalton, 
Uh, I think I just watched Timothy Dalton in um, Penny Dreadful on, on Netflix. Pierce Brosnan is who I was talking about for Remington Steel. Okay. Um, the three biggest Bond films adjusted for inflation are Thunderball, Goldfinger, and Skyfall. Skyfall? Well, Skyfall. I never heard of that one. No. <clears throat> um, apparently everybody else did. We must have been asleep in Sister, uh, Sister Ursula's class. Um, <laughs> what was the only theme song from Bond, to, Bond film to hit number one on Billboard? Uh, and that was Duran Duran's A View from a Kill. Okay. <laughs> and Rotten uh, Tomatoes rates Goldfinger as the number one. Um, uh, uh, number one. Well, that was that was that was the, you know, the, the one that the was probably the 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 most well known. It, I'll show you how I'll, I'll show you how how popular that was. They even mentioned it in the Flintstones, except in the Flintstones, the secret agent. I forget the name of the secret agent, but they had Stonefinger. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I that I remember. Yeah. That I remember, uh, because that truly was was uh, the when it was done on the Flintstones. That truly was art. Right. I mean, okay. if you made it on the Flintstones as a Stone Age character, you knew that you right. made it. Exactly. All right, Joe. You know what? It's such a beautiful Sunday, and it's coming up on eleven fifty Eastern time. So I think we should call it a day. Uh, the Joe and Joe Weather Show is brought to you by uh, Omni True Value Hardware, where they're getting ready for winter. And they ask the question, are you ready? Because if you aren't ready, you can head there, 1226 North Wellwood Avenue in West Babylon, uh, New York, to pick up all your winter weather surpri uh, supplies to get through those winter storms that we sh will surely be ha having, or at least snow lovers are hoping we'll have. 631-756-1125, omnitruevalue.com. You got plans for this afternoon? Joe? Oh, yeah, I spent I spent my time yesterday just clearing away all the leaves on the on the on the front and back lawn. But I looked out this morning, and the front lawn now has more leaves from a from an oak tree, which begrudgingly is giving up its uh, its its leaves like it seems like one leaf at a time. Mm -hmm. So that's the only that's really the only tree on my property that still has a considerable amount of leaves. All the others have just just about dropped off. So I am in the process of uh, I'm enjoy going the day. I, I yeah. think we're running out, I think we're running ahead of. I think we're running ahead of yesterday in terms of temperatures. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually in the mood. I'm, uh, I, I, I took out my, uh, my uh, uh, sauce that I had frozen in the, uh, in the freezer, my starter sauce uh, that uh, I've had, you know, basically every time I make sauce, I put it back into the freezer, what's left, and just use that as the next starter sauce. I have my uh, sauce meat out. And uh, that's what I'm going to be doing. By the way, I'm thinking we're losing my sig the signal, so we just better say goodbye. All right. Okay. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.